themselves, but for him who for their sake died and was raised. From now on, therefore, we regard no one according to the flesh. Even though we once regarded Christ according to the flesh, we regard him thus no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed. Behold, the new has come. All this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ, God making his appeal through us. We implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. For our sake, he made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. My uh, enthusiasm for Jesus and my desire to just constantly be bold and take risks has led me to do lots of things that are undoubtedly, uh, looking back, have been disasters and haven't worked, haven't worked out. Um, one thing that I was involved in that was really successful, though, was starting of a weekly meal on a Sunday with, uh, with homeless, addicts, people with mental health problems, um, up in North London at a previous church where I was working. And um, we just started this group, and people told us, oh, you're not really going to see anyone on a Sunday, and we've tried this before, and it's not really worked. And within about two months, we had about 60 people every week turning up who were who were in all sorts of desperateness. And um, we, spent, we spent a good year or so just kind of making sure we weren't just offering them food, but we were sitting and offering them friendship and relationship and building, building a life together with them. And, um, and it was really, really joyous. But I wanted to take some of those conversations on to the next level. And um, me and the team who were running it, we, we prayed a lot about what we could do. And we decided we'd run... Uh, we called it Homeless Alpha, not the catchiest name in the world, but we ran this Alpha course. And Alpha's quite, is actually quite a high bar, maybe, for some of our guys to reach. So we, we called it that Alpha course, knowing there's loads of Alpha advertising, but we thought, we're just going to take the opportunity to share with them some God stories and offer them prayer. So we thought we'd do it in another room, and people could bring their desserts into another room, and then we'd, we'd share this time with them. Um, so I went into this room and I started to play as loudly as I could the song Amazing Grace, which lots of our guys knew because they'd been in prison at some point and they sing it a lot in prison. Um, expecting, you know, I thought maybe there'll be some people who'll be uncomfortable with this, but we're offering cake, so they'll probably come anyway. You know, maybe we'll have like 30, 40. We had all these tables set up. And uh, as I was playing and singing with all my might, three people came in and sat down. And I was like okay and then I finished and one of them pulled out a harmonica and said do you do requests and I thought that's not this is that's not where I thought this was going and he said do you know house of the rising sun by the animals and I said yeah yeah I do so we played it and sung it together and they sung much more loudly for house of the rising sun than they did for amazing grace and finished and he sat down and then um we basically worked out he was the local atheist and he was there just to harass us throughout the whole thing, which was great. And then uh, the second person, we sat down and he, within, within minutes, within seconds almost, he fell asleep and started snoring. 
as, uh, as loudly as I've ever heard anyone snore. And there was basically one, th- there was a third guy there, this guy Romanus, big bear of a man, kind of six foot odd, huge, uh, huge guy from Lithuania, a good friend of mine. And uh, I thought, okay, I'm going to focus all my energy on Romanus. I was expecting to be speaking to like dozens of people today, but here it is, it's all about Romanus. And I um, shared my story and I preached my heart out of and shared the gospel and God's love and all that sort of great stuff and uh, finished and said, any questions? And he said, yes, I have a question. And he looked me deep in the eyes and he said, I hate God. And I thought, is that a question? How do I actually respond to that? Um, Sometimes it's really hard reaching out and doing different things because we find we just fail Sometimes reaching out and sharing the gospel. We read passages like this. And there's so much newness and life and joy in it. And yet, the Christian walk and the one of sharing Jesus and sharing the gospel with our friends, at work, in the church, is a story of sometimes one failure after another, right? I worked with this guy, Romanus, for most of the time I was at this church, a good two, three years, and didn't really see much change in him, to be honest. And I was, I was waiting for change, because this passage, if, have you got the PowerPoint? Um, if you click on a couple of slides in. Next one. Next one. There we go. This passage is all about new things. There's a new purpose that we're given um, to live for Jesus. There's new perspectives. We used to see Jesus one way, now we see him another way. We see the world a different way. We are new creations. We are fundamentally somehow something different than before we were saved. We have a new ministry, a new message. We have a new job. We are now God's ambassadors. We have a new relation to God, a new relation to each other. And we have a new start, free from sin. And all of that kind of shows us that actually salvation is a creative act. Salvation is a divine creative act. He, Jesus, was made sin that we could be made the righteousness of God. So actually in that creative act, there's a sense of we are called to try different things. That's what the creative act is, right? Um, We have a guy who's living with us at the moment who's actually had to move out of his house because he's become a Christian and his family um, are from a different background and, and are really against it. And he's decided he wants to start learning guitar because he's been inspired by all the prayer meetings and worship nights we have at my house. And for him to learn the guitar is pretty painful for me. He's out of tune. He uh, can't play very well. I'm actually wondering if he's tone deaf, to be honest, and I don't know whether to tell him or not, and hopefully he won't listen to the recording of this and find out that I think that. But you have to start trying. You have to do things. You have to fail, right? But actually, the creative act of Jesus starts through the incarnation, through him just coming to us and being in flesh, for him to put something different into skin, love, hope, life, purpose, salvation. He was that in flesh. He came to us and he was something new. He was something different. Salvation is that creative act. And I've seen God do so many of these different creative acts. Uh, a, a better story involves Ribena. Um, I was with uh, 
I was with a couple of guys, and you, you might have heard this story before, because I think I've shared it here before, but I was with a couple of guys, and we were praying the prayer of, uh, of Paul that there would be open doors to share the gospel. And my wife and our community pastor walked into a block of flats, and there was literally an open door, and a woman who'd been caught in alcoholism for seven years of her life had lost all of her relationships, all of her friendships through addiction and brokenness, had never had any meaningful contact with Jesus or the church before, ever. And just said, this morning I was praying, I was desperate, something needed to change. And my wife and our community pastor were there as something different, right? They, they didn't live in this block of flats. They were hope that God had sent and put into that situation. And they were able to say, you were praying for God to do something. We were praying that God would open a door for us, and here we are. And here we are. But this creativity, it's not, it's not something passive. Us being new creations doesn't mean that we spend all of our time kind of sitting on an on a operating table allowing God to work on us. In this passage, Paul says we're, be, we're given a ministry and a message of reconciliation. A ministry and a message of reconciliation. The word message is the word uh, it's logon or logos. The word. We're literally given the speech we proclaim however far, you are, however far away you are. Come to God. Come to God. He has come to you. There is something, there is a gap between you and God has created something in the middle which you can take hold of and grasp and, and be in. Speak it out. Speak out that hope. That word ministry is, is the word diaconia. It's service. It's where we get the word deacon. Lots of our churches might have deacons or we have experience of that. It's this sense of, of, of lovingly serving the world, of showing them what reconciliation looks like. I think that does mean cooking meals for people. I think that does mean befriending people. That does mean just putting an arm around people, being patient, being faithful with people. I spoke here a few weeks ago about uh, a verse in Acts and said how um, often some of us are more comfortable with the words and with the challenge and some of us are more comfortable with the comfort and the service that we offer. Some of us prefer to say repent and come and some of us prefer to say go and serve. And actually it's both together. That's when creation comes. That's when newness of life and salvation and hope comes. That's when we find creation change. So what is that new creation? What is it that we have become? Well, we've become, Paul says, the righteousness of God. The righteousness of God. Uh, That's a word in the Greek, dikaiosune. It actually also can be translated just as easily justice. Justice. And often, I think, we almost think justice and righteousness as two entirely different concepts, but biblically they're the same. Biblically they're exactly the same. Righteousness we often think of as a kind of internal moral state. We are right before God. And justice we often think of as an external moral state. Everything is as it should be. And actually, throughout the New Testament, it's one word that's used to describe both. Dikaiosune, the justice and righteousness of God. I think the Hebrew word that best equates to it isn't some of the Hebrew words for righteousness that we have, but it's probably the word shalom. This word of wholeness, this world of internal and external ordering the way that God wants it to be. 
And that's what we've become. We have become the righteousness of God and the justice of God. We have become how he wants us to be in relationship with him and how he wants us to be externally with others. And the way that's expressed is through word, through speech, and through service. We have the ministry and the message of reconciliation. That guy Romanus um, ended up involved in a really tragic accident a couple of months ago. Um, And he ended up falling and hitting his chin on the floor uh, when he was actually in a fight with some other people who were living on the street. And I had to go and do his funeral, which was a really, really painful thing. And I went back and um, the first part of his funeral, we, we planted an oak tree and there was just a group of, of uh, his friends, of other homeless guys around. One of them, he's like a... He, he dresses like a pirate most of the time, is the only way to describe him. And he walks around barefoot playing guitar and juggling fire on the street to raise money. And he started to play this angry song to Romanus. And it, and it, made, it reminded me at that time of singing House of the Rising Sun and my entirely unsuccessful attempt to reach out to him. Um, and then I, I, I sat there and I led the first part of the funeral. And, and I'll be honest, I hadn't really been in touch in the past year or so and I didn't really know what had been going on and then I sat down and before I got up to kind of give the sermon to bring some hope from the scriptures one of our uh, ladies who used to help out stood up and shared a story of how Romanus one day at church had turned to one of the women and said I'm just desperate I can't go on like this anymore and she turned to him and said you know you can turn to Jesus. You know he can make a difference. You know, you know he can make you a new creation. That's the word she used. And he said, yeah, I know. She said, do you want that? And he said, I do, I do. And she put a hand on him and she prayed for him. And actually in that moment, he accepted Jesus into his life. A couple of days later, he had his tragic accident. And I got to stand up and preach a sermon at his funeral and think, actually, those words, that service that I'd given Romanus had made a difference. That actually, the ways in which I'd failed actually had been part of me stepping out like Jesus and offering people, offering people righteousness and justice, offering people relationship with God and proper relationship with other people. So I want to end in a really practical way. Uh, I'm not really a three-point preacher, but I've got three points to finish with, which, as you can imagine, I've just spoken for half an hour, and then I'm going to give you three points. So that probably shows maybe how postmodern I am when it comes to this stuff. But, but how, do we, how do we as disciples step out and offer this hope and this reconciliation? What does it mean to be the righteousness and the justice of God? What does it mean to offer people creation change and something different? Well, I don't know if you picked up in a couple of the stories that I shared. There's, there's three things that I think uh, are really helpful things to think about in, in our life and in our ministry, in our word and in our service. And just by chance, they all begin with the same letter, which is really helpful, right? Really helpful. The first is pray. 
Creativity always starts with silence. I write a lot of songs. And the thing is, it's really hard to write songs with a guitar in your hand. There's times where you have to stop and pick up a pen and write something down. And it's the same is true if we're offering hope and salvation to people. We often think just being busy and pushing out and doing stuff is the way to do it. And actually, and it's a very simple thing, and I think we all know it, and I think we all neglect it. The best place to start is with prayer. The best place to start is with silence and saying, God, what would you do? Where would you like me to go in this? And just listen. That's how creative ministry starts. The second thing is to be present, is to put yourself in places. Just like Jesus in the incarnation put himself in flesh with us, we put ourselves into situations that need hope, that need salvation. Now some of us, actually this is really natural, we kind of, every single day we work surrounded by people who don't know Jesus. Every single day we walk past people or talk to people who, who need the love and the hope of Jesus. But sometimes we can be present somewhere and not really be present. Do you know what I mean? Like, like when I go out for, uh, for food with one of my friends who's a teenager at, at my church and they just spend their whole time Instagramming their meal, right? And taking pictures of what they're about to eat. And I'm like, you're so busy documenting what's happening right now, you're not actually taking part in what's happening. We can do the same with our life of faith. We can be so keen to kind of speak Bible verses at people or think about times when we can invite people to to events or to church that actually we are never just present with people we're never just with people and Jesus spent a lot of time doing that just being with people being with people I'm a big believer that we've trained people in church to be evangelists for church events and not evangelists for Jesus We've trained people to be great at inviting someone to the latest conference or to hear a speaker, but we've not trained people how to just listen to the problems of those around us and just share a bit of God's love with them. Share a little bit of what Jesus is doing in our lives. So just be present. I'd encourage you, be present. Be there. And the third thing is practice. Practice. We need to increase our capacity for failure. If... We often think, you know, what's the difference between these great evangelists and and us? And it's like, they just, you know, they could read the ingredients off the back of a box of cornflakes and someone would come to faith. And actually, half the time, it's just courage. It's just boldness. It's just the ability to try and try and try again and keep going. And actually, I think we just have to be okay with failing. When Jesus sends out his disciples... Have you ever noticed that? He says, when people don't listen to you, you know, shake the dirt off your shoes, here's what to do. He sends out his disciples expecting them to fail, expecting some people not to listen. And yet somehow we think if we share Jesus and people don't come to faith that we must be rubbish or there's something we're we're doing that's wrong. That's That's not how it works. Just practice. Try, fail. Try again, fail again. Fail better, do it again. But don't give up hope. Don't give up hope. Should we worship together? Let's stand and let's respond to God. God, we, we open our hearts to you now. We thank you that we are new creations. We thank you for what you've done in our hearts and in our lives. 
God, we just ask that you would speak to us now as we, as we worship you of, of who we are, of who you are, of what you call us to. Through your spirit we ask. Amen.